the declaration we take at the beginning of prayer. And I would like every believer to memorize these things and all right, recite them thoughtfully. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. To recite them thoughtfully anytime you begin to pray. One, two, let's go. We enter into the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We thank the Lord for saving us. We thank the Lord for washing us clean. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We declare in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Anytime you begin to pray, it's good to recite this. If you're alone, of course, you say, I enter into the presence of the Father as a renewed child of God. That's how you commence that. Just personalize it. It's important. There's a reason why. I won't teach that now. But then I want to study this, how we declare the word of understanding, which is an expression of our faith, that God, who we have come before his um, teaching seat, let's be like that, who has given us the Holy Spirit to give us insight and understanding. We trust that he will give us revelation. He will teach our hearts to know this truth. We impart knowledge to us. Because we believe all of these things, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Alright, the Lord is good. Now because you believe it, take your seat and get your hearts ready to receive. Alright, our school of prayer. For those who are listening to this um, by recording, you may not know that we normally take about 30 minutes when we start to pray. And then we start to teach and then pray a little bit at the end. What we are doing is teaching a habit to believers. Getting people to understand the scriptures. When you don't understand the will of God, what do we call the will of God? It's God's plan, it's God's promises, it's God's precepts, the way he does things. All those things put together, we call them the will of God. When you don't understand the will of God, you may find out that you waste a lot of prayer time. I don't mean to, uh, to be critical, but we have to make corrections. Christians, my observation is that they pray and miss a lot. They don't take the words of the Lord Jesus Christ seriously. When it says things like, these are the things the Gentiles seek, they don't accept. They still seek those things. He said, how should you pray? Your focus should be on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, other things will be added to you. Your focus, your prayer must not be focused on other things. It should be on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And there are two dimensions in which you seek or focus on the kingdom of God. 
The first one is in your personal life. And I'm going to talk along that line today again. The first one is in your personal life. And then secondly, around you. You want the kingdom of God to first of all be birthed in your life. And then you want it to have influence around you. Everywhere God has given you the influence, the authority. All right? Area you have power. You want the kingdom of God birthed in that area. For example, your family. We established that the most important assignment of a believer is intercession, is prayer, is prayer. Jesus, like we said, started with prayer. When he was on earth, you know, he prayed a lot. And when he was about to depart, one of the last things he did, which he focused on extensively, was to pray for the church, to pray for the disciples. He prayed for a number of things. For example, that they would be one, as he and the Father are one. He prayed that they would be delivered from the evil one. He prayed that the church will be sanctified by the truth of God because the word of God is true, is truth. He prayed those things, all right? He told God to keep them you know, from the world but not take them out of the world, to protect them from evil, like I mentioned earlier. If you go and read that, you know, when he was talking to, in the book of John, let me just flip there briefly. So he said, in that verse 15, he said, I do not ask you to take them out of the world but to keep them from the world. He says, sanctify them in the truth. As in verse 16, your word is truth. He said, I ask on their behalf, those who have believed, that those who have believed in him and those who believe in him through their word. He said, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That's in verse 21. He kept on praying like this. Okay, you see all of that, the whole of chapter 17 of the book of John. And then after he rose again from the dead, of course we know he took his blood and he went into the holiest of all and presented the blood on our behalf. The blood was presented on behalf of all those who believe in him. That's what he did. Those who believed then, those who believed before, and those who are believing now, that is after that period, that blood was presented on their behalf. And the Bible says that now he ever lives to make intercession. Now as the Father sent him, so he has sent us. So he said to us, he told the parable that we ought to pray and not to get tired. And Paul said, pray without stopping. So prayer is the assignment he has given to all of us. It's an important prayer. I said, I just feel like repeating it is so crucial. You don't know when somebody will join this series. All right, let the person hear this. Any title you bear in life is a prayer title. For example, if they call you a citizen, that's a title. It means pray for your country. If they call you a president, it means pray for the citizens. If they call you a governor, it means your first assignment as a believer is to pray for the citizens of your state. If they call you a vice chancellor, your primary assignment under that title is to pray for the university that you are presiding over. If they call you a pastor, you know, the leader, the chief deacon, whatever it is of a church, your first assignment is to pray for that congregation and to pray for the leaders therein. If they call you, you know, a teacher of the word, your first assignment is to pray regularly, constantly for those who will pay attention to what you are saying. Okay? That's your first job. That's your first job. It's not to go and look for revelation to give to them. No, no, it's not. Your first job is a Lord. When I get up to speak, let all those who you have gathered their hearts, who, who you have opened their hearts, who you have you know, turned their ears to listen to me, 
Let them hear your word. They begin to make intercession for them. Forgive them of their sins. Anything in their life that will make them deaf to truth. Okay, Lord, I'm asking that you have mercy upon them because of the blood of Jesus Christ. If they will get up and, you know, you keep on saying things like that. That God, let them not leave their place ignorant. As they hear your word, let the power of God that rides upon the entrance of the word, which is called the spirit of God, enter into them and set them on their feet. Let the sick be healed. Let the blind see. Let the lame walk. Let, you know, just keep, you know, that's their job. Not to go and buy crudence concordance and be cramming everything inside. And buy Scofield Bible and memorize everything. And go and buy a book and cram everything and come to recite it. And you want to show them a special revelation the new one you got. That's not the job. That's not the job. The primary job is to offer prayers and petitions on their behalf. If you are called a husband, your primary assignment is pray for that wife. If you are called a wife, your primary assignment is pray for that husband. If you are called a parent, your primary assignment is pray for the children. Now that's just the way it works. Any title God gives you, that's the primary assignment. If you are called a friend, your primary assignment is what? Pray for the friend <laughs> or the other friends. If you are called a brother, your primary assignment is pray for the brethren. If you are called a sister, your primary assignment is pray for the brethren. All right? You pray for the people that you are part of the body. If you are a member of a family, nobody should intercede more. People will be writing, be writing letter to pastor. Pray for my family. What's your job? If I am praying for your family, what's your work now? What is your work? Jesus came, the, the people came to Jesus, you know what they said? Teach us how to pray for our families, not pray for our families. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That's what you should do. Pastor, how do I pray for my people? Don't give me your family to me as a prayer point. And there are people who like that job. Yeah, they do the job. You come and submit the name of your family, say they are praying. They are deceiving you, by the way. I hope you're getting my point. Even if they were doing it, it's not as effective as if you were doing it. I just feel like, I feel like you know, reminding us of this again. You should pray for everything that concerns you. You know what I found out? <laughs> if you do this assignment, you don't have too much time to watch television. No? You don't have too much time to criticize. If you are so busy praying for the federal government, you won't have enough time to criticize them. You won't. And even if you wanted to, the fact that you just finished praying, we make you say, anyway, we thank God. <laughs> you know, the way prayer will shut your mouth. As about to talk, the least people look at you, say, you pinch you small. Say, no, be me, are you there here this morning? You say, it's true. Ah, Father God, I thank you. Do you know the truth? If every, no, not every, if only if, if, okay, let me not give the percentage for certain reasons. But if a small percentage of Christians will do this consistently for the government, we will see the difference. But what Satan has done, he has recruited most of us through offenses. That is, you just sit down and just be angry. Some people will say that, as far as they are concerned, it's been that I won this particular election in this area. I neck rigged it. You ask the best, how do you know? They say, ah, we know now. I don't want to start talking politics. But one funny thing happened in Kingdom World. And then Kingdom World, those of us, if you are in Lagos, you don't know what we're talking about. You know, when we go for the last election, I was bragging to everybody that this party, I won't tell you which party now, is going to struggle with this party. They say this other one, those ones, we've forgotten them. So, you no, know, I do you remember, all of us were so sure that this is the person that will win. Or at least, they'll be fighting to win. 
When they say counting the results. <laughs> I like it's just that not only kingdom of people voted. The Lord is good. Now this is where I'm going. You know, inauguration is coming up in federal government and mo- most of our states in the next few weeks. Some people know their prayer. Hi yeah. You don't want to hear what some people are praying. Let me just beg you. Eh? If you don't even want to agree with people like us, just pray, Lord. Don't say anything. Just, Lord, have mercy. I hope you're my point. Yes. Just pray that, Lord, have mercy. I've said this again and again. Please still go and read my book. Let us agree. And like I said last time, how to kill doubts and unbelief. Don't get into what? Unnecessary specifics. You know the thing you really want? Ask God for it. That is the thing you are supposed to want according to scripture. You're supposed to want what? Peace, justice, freedom to preach the gospel, prosperity in the land. Things like that. Ask God to effect it today, tomorrow, continually. Across May 29. I hope you're getting my point. That's it. Please, pray that the spirit in Sudan will not come over here. The spirit in Russia and Ukraine will not even be able to cross the river, the ocean. Pray such prayers. It's important. Pray such prayers. Because as a citizen, if if we all do this, God will work his miracles around us. He will do that. But like I was saying, you know what's happened? Satan, again, digression inside my digression. Not to tell you anything you have not said up to 1,000 times before. It's the same thing I've said. Satan doesn't have the kind of power we think he has. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? So what he uses are tricks. He has to find a way to entice us to give him power. He will, he's an accuser. He has to stylishly move us over to a place where he can take advantage of the authority that God has given us. That's what is called, the, we are not unaware of the devices of the devil. He uses devices. Cunning craftiness, the Bible calls it. So if he wants to scatter a home, please, I will sit on this before I get to my message. Just remind me that I came to preach on prayer. If he wants to scatter a home, he will make a wife misinterpret everything his husband is doing and make the husband misinterpret everything the wife is doing and then thereby bring forth accusations in the hearts of each individual and bitterness. And once he has accomplished that, he has succeeded in scattering that place. He does it different ways. One major way he uses for those who are very ignorant is false prophets. That one, is, that one works so well. If I was the devil, I wouldn't even invent any other thing. That one works very well. Somebody has a problem. Please, husbands, don't let your wife go to any church where they are praying and don't go there. Always go. If you don't go, you'll be the prayer point. 
they will soon prophesy for her over you. I know what I'm telling you. There's one I saw the other day in newspapers. The guy ran to police. The police should deliver him from a pastor that has taken his wife. He didn't marry the wife. Oh. He didn't marry the wife of the pastor. He just told her that he's a devil. And that she's called to ministry. She's an evangelist. You read the story? Scattered the house so badly, the man went to police. I'm sure police is like, how do we handle spiritual matters? Okay, please, invite the pastor for questioning at least. The pastor dodged police. Police just wonder, okay, did he kidnap your wife? No. What did he do? He, you know, your wife went to the church. I first, you know, sometimes you don't look at police, be sorry for them. They say police do something. They say, do we look like spiritual police? The last time we shot a witch, she did not die. <laughs> the bullet couldn't enter the spirit. This guy actually, I'm not joking. I read in the news. He was frustrated. Somebody filled the head of his wife with lies. She swallowed every bit of it. I'm telling you. I've seen situations where a man can't go home. A prophet says she can't go home. A woman can't go home. They will tell you that, ha, those people there, there's no way, if they don't repent, I think God must have reserved the hottest part of hellfire for those people. Yes, because if I were God, that's precisely what I would do. I would hit hellfire seven times. Yeah, because I don't understand. You go to a house, you tell somebody that the children are witches, and the person can't come home again. How do you do that? I, I don't want to pray the prayer in my heart because we are streaming. If, to say, no, if not for this streaming thing, I'll pray the prayer that I'm thinking of right now because it's a very wicked prayer. I will have said God should make your, all your children witches too. But I won't say it. <laughs> How do you do that to a, to a, to a family? You destroy homes. Let me tell you, if you're a prophet, you're listening to this, you know what the Bible says? God hates you. Yes, you know there's a scripture. You know the one I'm referring to? The one that separates brethren. These are the instruments of Satan. This devil doesn't have power in himself. We are the ones that give it to him. When he fills the hearts of people with bitterness. Listen, I said something the other day. Was it last week's um, Saturday? That faith is not a feeling. You can't feel faith. What you are feeling is not faith. You need the sending of spirit to be able to see faith in somebody's heart. And I gave an illustration. I said love also cannot be felt. That what you think you are feeling as love is not really, there's compassion. It's different. There's pity. But real love, which is God's agape love, that's what I was talking about specifically. There are different kinds of love. There's filio. There's eros. There's Togi. There's all kinds of loves in Greek. But the real love, which is agape, is not a love of feeling. It can be there, and you're not having any feeling about it. That you're not feeling agapeous towards anybody. Now, you see what I'm saying this in a moment. If you're a husband or a wife or a family member, forget this filio and eros and all the other kind of physical attraction loves for a moment. Establish yourself in agape love. You know what I, what I mean by that? No matter how 
wrongly you are feeling towards your wife or your husband, no matter how you are feeling, no matter the feeling, operate in love. You can operate in love without feeling anything. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. There's one picture I saw long ago. I don't have it, but beautiful. They showed an old man and an old woman. Obviously, they were quarreling. First, obviously, they were husband and wife. Number two, they were not talking to each other. The man is facing here. The wife is facing here. But you see, they were sitting on the same bench. And it started raining. The man was angry with his wife. So you know what he did? He brought her the umbrella and covered her, but he's not talking to her. That's agape love. I won't talk to you, but I won't let you see injury while I'm there. I won't let rain beat you. I will take the cold and the wetness, but it mostly hurts you. But I'm not talking to you. That's agape love. Agape love really doesn't care about hugging people, unless the hug is medicinal. You know what I say, medicinal? Because they say hugging helps. So if they just say, come, come and collect your medicine, hug, go. The other loves are good. They are accessory loves. Filio, all those feeling love, all this love that filio, feeling, filio. Ah, so I'm looking at you, I'm just loving you. It's feeling. Real agape love, eh? The feeling is so distant from the real thing. It's a love of action. It's known only by the actions it takes. That's why that man can be angry with his wife, but it began to rain. He brought her the only umbrella, but because they were distant, they were not hugging each other. I hope you get my point. His anger was hurting him, which was like good to forgive quickly so that he won't be wet. But because he has not been able to do it, but he was still working in agape love, he covered her while the rain was beating him and cold was murmuring him, like we say. Now, why am I saying all of these things? This is how you handle it. If bitterness wants to crawl in, say bitterness, that's your problem. I have a medicine to take. What is the medicine? Take your Bible and recite the word. It's not about feeling. Recite the word of God to yourself. As, 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 as a man, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. But I'm not even talking to her. I'm not even planning to talk to her. You know, as an example, I'm just as an, Now, don't add the second part. I'm just trying to say, in case you are feeling like that. Just keep on repeating it. I love my wife as Christ loved the church. Just keep repeating scriptures, which are that which is, it is the, the, the word is a power, is a method through which the spirit of agape will be reinforced in your heart. Why? That kills bitterness. I hope you get my point. There are times you are not even having any feeling, but you can be walking in bitterness. If you remember, when Peter accused Simon, of being a gall of bitterness. I don't think he was angry with anybody. He said he was under the bondage of iniquity. He wasn't aware. So that's why we must establish ourselves in the word of God constantly. We must. It's not about feeling. It's about the word that we soak ourselves in all the time. One of the things the word says is that you must forgive. And you just say, according to the word of God, I forgive. According to the word of God, I forgive. You don't have to feel it too. And then especially, somebody may listen to me. There are people, you know. I heard the story, of, I read the story somewhere. 
a website where they ask questions and you know, so I, for certain reasons they started sending me emails. So I guess I must have gone there one time to do some research. So they required me to put an email. So I must have. But you know, you know why I've not t- told them to stop? The questions are very interesting. The answers are very interesting. So I read it sometimes. I read one recently. A couple decided that their son was old enough to live on his own. So they kicked him out of the house that he should go and rent his own house and take care of himself. So his friend told his, fa- his own father. His father took the boy that was kicked out of the house around 17 years of age and took him. This is not Nigerian. Nigerians don't do things like that. All right, They're not Nigerians. Things are American. Other American or Europe. So they took the young man. The, the father took the young man back to his house to talk to the parents. But the parents were adamant. That's why the boy left home. This is where I'm going. This other man helped the boy settle down and all of that. Helped him get a house. Him. Anyway, he took care of himself. You know, the day he married, he never visited his parents again, by the way. That's where I'm going. He never did. The day he married, he didn't tell them. When I was reading the story, he said he had a number of children. They have never seen his children. What does that tell you? He disowned them completely. Now, why am I telling that story? I reasoned about it as a Christian. If he's a Christian, this is a mistake people make. Is it, should he forgive his parents? Yes. What did, no, first, what he did, what they did, was it good? Was it good? Was he even righteous? Let's not leave whether it's good or not. Was he right? Was absolutely not right. I suspect the boy must have been misbehaving. Yeah, I still hold them responsible for that. He must have raised him wrongly. But that was very wrong on their part. And then the boy decided to give it to them like that. So they became no children. They didn't have. I, I, I'm not sure that was only son they had. But anyway, he just cut them off entirely. It made me think. As a Christian, what should he do if he gives his life to Christ? What should he do? Answer me. Answer now. Forgive them. Yes, you are right. He should forgive them. It's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Now, if you're in that kind of situation, let me tell you how to do such things. This is where most people make the mistake. They think forgiveness means you now go and sit with your father and be telling old stories. That's not part of it. You just go and kneel down and say, Lord, I don't like that man. I don't like his wife. But because of you, yeah, be honest. Because of you, but that's in line with what I want to teach today. Because of you, I will forgive them. Because you commanded. So, now when you are dealing with God, it's also agape. Agape love. If, you, if a man loves me, what does he do? He keeps my commandment. Love for God is not I will hug God. God doesn't want hugs. If I just see God, I'm just going to rush him and kiss him. He will burn. <laughs> so leave that thing. The love for God is just one thing, which is what? Obey his word. Just obey his word. So say, Lord, I love you. So because I love you, I am going to obey what you said. First, obedience from now on. I won't call him that man and I won't call his wife that woman. That's my mother. I'll start calling him my, da- my father and my mother. That's one. And I ask you to give me the heart. Now, what are parents supposed to do? As children, what are children supposed to do for their parents? He said, his son honors his father. God now said, if I'm a father, where is my honor? Honor is visible. I don't know where I get my point. Honor can be seen. All right? 
So, one important way you honor, Jesus said it. Honor your father and your mother. He said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. What was the tradition? When God said, honor your father and your mother, you said, if somebody takes money, his goods, that he could have used to help his parents, and says, I have given it to God. He said, you say, it's okay. He said, that way you have, you have what? You have made the word of God of no effect. Which is the word? Because of your tradition, which is the word? Honor your father and your mother. What Jesus trying to say? Honor is take the gift and go and give. It's not, oh, dad, I miss you. I don't miss you. Let me be honest with you. The way you treated me, I can't miss you. I miss my friends. You're not my friend. You're my father. So what will I do? I will, it's Christmas time, I will buy gifts. I will give them to you. And I will not talk to you. It's agape love, remember? If I hear you are sick, I will come. I won't even say what is the problem. I'll just carry ambulance, carry you to the hospital. Let the doctor ask you what the problem is. Do I look like a doctor? I'm a son. I'm not a doctor. They will ask you what the problem is. Even if I were a doctor, I'm not the one that will treat you. Have you not me? You carry it to the hospital and I will stand there. They say, who will donate blood? I will donate the blood. So why donate the blood? He's my father. We are not talking to him. We are not on talking terms. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Don't misunderstand me. Agape is what? Action. You will do all the actions necessary. If you get to his house, you see he's not eating well. You take an allowance from your money and send him what Americans call groceries every week. You don't have to talk to him. A lot of people, they are like, how will I go there? God, you didn't say talk to him. Just recognize he's actually your father. Just recognize that and do what you can. Honor is visible. God said, if I'm a father, where is my honor? He wanted to see it. He said, you bring me goats that are, you know, that these are that. He said, hey. He said, take it to your governor. That is what God called honor is where is my sacrifice? I hope you're getting my point. So what is honor? Buy the man clothes. Give him money for food. If he's sick, take him to also pay the bills. You don't have to talk to him. You know, I can't counsel somebody once. I said, block your father's number. I'm, you know, I'm a very interesting pastor. I'm not like Okemoteo. Pastor Okemoteo is very nice. No, he's worse than me. I just remember something that he did. <laughs> you know what he did one day? I will say it. One day, a woman sent him a text message. That pastor wanted to commit suicide. He put off the phone. His wife said, ah, the woman wants to commit suicide. And he said, she should get away. That those who want to commit suicide, they leave notes. They don't send text. <laughs> so he sees what's that mean? He may look, I may look hard on the surface. I may soft one inside. He looks nice on the surface. Because <laughs> the Lord is good. I call it to somebody once. I said, block your father's number. Lock him on WhatsApp, block him anyway. Just block his number. Block him. I said, but don't stop sending him money. So if you, you don't have to send it directly. Send it to somebody else. Why? The way the man was behaving, I was wondering whether the man was the devil himself. So do you understand? When I heard, I said, how can a human behave like this? 
He said, but you cannot neglect to do your own duties. So what do we do? We block his number. We don't want to talk to him. But we agape love it. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, we'll do the agape love thing. I'm advising somebody, all right? Now, when you have done agape love, other things can flow. Agape love includes praying. Because somebody who can be that wicked is likely to go to hell. Do you understand that? Uh, you don't think so? Wicked people are the ones that go to hell fire now. You don't believe it? They are looking at me as if wicked people go to heaven. There's no wicked person in heaven. No. All the wicked souls go to hell. Only righteous souls and good souls go to heaven. So you can be, you can be sure, therefore, that this man, where is he facing? Don't, look, 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 don't pretend. Where do you think the man is facing? Hellfire. Hellfire. Do you want him to go there? No. So, can you see what I'm saying? Agape love takes him to what? Prayer. And start praying that God will open the eyes of his understanding. Now, all of this to somebody you are not talking with. A lot of people are talking to you. They don't do any of these things for you. Hey, how you doing, man? How you doing? How you doing? Coke, they won't buy for you. You are sitting They call, huh? Head in hospital. Oh, man, get well soon, man. Get well soon, my guy. Oh, get well soon. If they say you need 1,000 naira to buy medicine, it won't give you. They call you, ah, are you in this charge? Wow, praise God. That's not love. That's deception. Doesn't deceiving himself and deceiving you. I, I, I think you prefer. You know, some people say, hey, you know, let's be honest. You prefer a friend that doesn't call. He doesn't come there. You hear that, that you hear that he had there in hospital. Then he sent fifty k to pay bills. So, what what am I doing with your phone call? Fifty k is encouragement. You get my point? You wake up in the morning. Room, room, you know what I mean? Room, room. Delivery vehicle has arrived. Those things, the, 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 the bikes, and they bring food out. They say, with the food, they, just, they use the food to spell get well soon. You know, beans and vegetables and fruits. What am I doing with your phone call? I eat the beans. Who phone call help? <laughs> you get my gist? Please, I'm not saying don't call people, please. I'm talking about agape love. Agape love is not smush, 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 As I'm saying, you butterfly, you're all over my stomach. I don't need the butterfly. Agape love is action to solve my problems. Do you get my point? So when you want to forgive your father, I'm talking to some people, that's how to forgive him. Because your problem has been that I don't feel like talking to him. I don't think you should. It's not necessary. But don't worry, let me tell you that part that I didn't tell you earlier. After some time, if you continually do this, what I've been saying, one day, the Spirit of God will come in, break you to pieces. Do you get my point? Suddenly, you, your heart will soften. But what am I saying to you? Don't start, start with that soft heart. Start with the actions of what? Agape. I know I went into that. I was trying to talk about Satan doesn't have power. Remember that? So, what he does is to try and deceive us with his tricks. And I'm giving us a very powerful method of pushing him back, which is obey the word of God, feeling or no feeling. That's the summary. 
So instead of allowing Satan to divide your house, your home, as a husband and wife, just do what the Bible says. Husbands, love your wives. Just recite whatever the scriptures give to you as an instruction. Recite them. Recite those words. Reciting them will bring forth obedience. Because what happens is that, you know, like God said to um, Joshua, he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your reading. Was that what he said? Shall not depart from your eyes. Was that what he said? What did he say? Your mouth. So he said to Joshua, thou shalt meditate. Meditate is speak to yourself therein day and night. So when you do that, you'll be careful to observe all that is written therein. Meditation is a key to obedience. When you meditate on the word of God, the word takes action by itself in your life. I hope I get my point. And when the word has taken action, hmm? feeling or no feeling, this, that devil is defeated. See that husband and wife that I said that are sitting on that bench, they're not talking to each other. And it began to rain. And the man whipped out his umbrella and covered the woman. That Satan started running away immediately. He has resisted the devil. And that devil will do what? It will flee. Don't allow bitterness allow you to take any action that you are not supposed to take. That is when you are breaking the agape rule. Until you do something, you have not broken agape rules, really. Anti-agape. The opposite of agape is an action contrary to the action of agape. <laughs> do you get my point? Like that man, he starts raining. He folds his umbrella and walks away. Covers himself. Because really, you hate this woman. <laughs> I hope you get my point. But if he kept that umbrella over her, and he's not talking, God won't do anything. Satan will just be waiting. Oh boy, do something now. <laughs> Satan will just get up and run away. I hope you've gotten my point. I just feel like helping some people. So remember, Satan doesn't have the kind of power I said we often think he has. Alright? So, people of God, when Satan wants to ruin anything, that's where I was. And I took that digression to that relationship issue, family issues and all of that. When Satan wants to ruin things, it's bitterness he uses. He wants to ruin our country. He makes Christians bitter against the government, against the nation. And they emit bitterness every time instead of offering up intercession. And when you don't offer up intercession, you empower. Okay, what you actually do is that you, you cripple the hands of God. He cannot do what he wants to do. And in that process, Satan thrives in the midst of darkness. So remember, you have the assignment. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying. That's what he says. So for the nation, what do you do? You always pray. For your wife, what do you always do? For your husband, what do you do? For your office where you work, what do you always do? You pray, you pray, you pray always. Offer prayers. Let me tell you how you know people are not planning to be blessed in this life. They are not seeking the progress of where they are working currently. Let me tell you something. Those things are piling up for you in front. Some people actually come to work to come and sabotage their establishment. Now, please, you have to understand, prophets are not cursing you. They are warning you, hopefully, you will repent. Do you get my point? When we enter an office, 
you'll be conspiring against the boss. When you want to get to a point, or when you are getting to that point where you conspire against the boss, just resign. It's for your own good, though. When you get to a point where you can't, from the bottom of your heart, work for the progress of the place where you are working, please leave the place. Just go away. You say, but I don't want to resign. Then repent. You know, when people talk about federal government, I talked to the second in command of the teaching hospital here some years ago. She said something to me and that I said, God, you know, let me tell you something. God is judge. He's watching everything. A whole department came one day to her. They said one big machine is not working. Now, let's assume this machine is worth about, let's just make it small, five million naira. And every day if it works, it will save, let's say, 50 patients, the hospital, right? It will save 50 patients and generate revenue for the institution. So maybe, let's just make it 50 patients pay maybe like, let's even say 1,000 naira for the test each. 50 times 1,000 is how much? 50,000 naira. The machine itself is worth about 50, 5 million and all of that. And it's not working. So patients have to go and go somewhere and then did not got the complaint. And she got there. Just took a walk, a woman. And got, what's wrong with the machine? You know what she found out? The socket was bad. She was like, excuse me? The socket is bad. Eh, they have written the electrical department. Eh, they have written a complaint to the head of the department. And the woman is looking like, the socket is bad. So she did a high in her purse and gave somebody like 200 or 300. Please, can you quickly go and buy me a socket? And you, you're a man, please install it for me. This really happened. And this really happens. One day somebody walked up to me. I was heading my department that time. I said, no, you see, I should give them money to do photocopy. So I looked. How much is photocopy money? 100 naira. I said, okay. What is it? It's official document. A paper, they have to submit paper for this and all of that. Okay, so that hospital can treat this and that. I said, all right, is that okay? I said, no problem. Give the papers to the secretary. I'll tell her to handle it. The young man with the press senior, he got my point. I said, go and give the papers to the secretary. You know what I was going to do? KIV. Keep me in view. They will write a letter to the, to the chief medical director. I need a hundred naira to make photocopies. <laughs> yeah, I knew what I was trying to do. I want to leave that thing there until my tenure ends or oh, Jesus comes back. So when, as we were leaving in my office, I called a younger person. I said, you, hey, come back. I said, I want to talk to him. I said, you are very stupid. I abused him, insulted him. You know why? The person in front of him is older than me. And I respect older people. So I couldn't talk down, so I abused this young one. From top to bottom. Yorubama has a saying. That when you want a deaf man to hear, you say in front of his child. I, I gave him my message. He got my point. Now go and take your, t- tell your seat superior. He was saying, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. You know, actually, you know, even my guest we should go. You know, I have to follow. You know. I said, what is wrong with you? 100 naira. You know, the attitude. It is government. I said, keep it there now. I will file that thing. The hell freezes over. See, I want... A lot of times, eh, 
if you walk in a place, so it, it, you know agape love I was telling you about? It will cost you money. One day, I was part of a group of specialists and all of that. I existed, I left the church because some people are not serious people. All you do every day is cross the government day and night. And they say, oh, we need this amount of money. I said, how many of us are here? Let's drop 10,000 naira. I said, 10,000 naira each for two months. We'll raise all that money for buy this equipment, buy this equipment. And I tell you, I said, look, when you're in an office, eh, let me just tell you something. We'll get to our message in the moment. Those are the small, small gist to help you live righteously. Don't just use shoulder to do I'm the boss. Boss is done with money. Are going on? You use money to do I'm the boss. Some people go enter office, everybody goes, they call you, they call you, you can't buy Opa. <laughs> you know, what is wrong with you? You're throwing away your respect, you don't understand. When you are the boss, once in a while, just enter. One woman comes selling Opa, I say, everybody take one Opa. That is how they are boss. You don't have to do boss with mouth. All you can do is back order. He'll start sit down here, come on, you came late, you not here. Look, they go, they, the way they go, they do work out for your back end. <laughs> I'm saying, you're, you're, listen, if I'm your boss, I will lose respect for you the day I come back. Maybe I'm, I'm away for three days. This has not been working. I say, why is it not working? I discovered that the cost to repair is just a 500, you, you, you are waiting. I would have wanted you to repair it first. And when I come back, you tell me that we have to fix this in your absence. And I'll ask you, how much did you spend? It's spend it at 1,005. Then I'll give you your money back. And if I don't give you your money back, it doesn't mean you won't do it again tomorrow. Because I don't understand how you will be a human being and you see things spoiling. And your conscience will not tell you. Fix it with a little amount of money if you can. You want to know the truth? Most federal government workers, when they retire, poverty will destroy them. Yeah, it's not a cause. You know, I was saying the prophets. I'm not, I'm not cursing anybody. A lot of these government workers, let them retire first. Their punishment has been doing press for the last 25 years. It's been exercising. Say, when, when, just retire first. Then you start your own business. Oh, hey, hey, hey. All the evil you have done. <laughs> Everybody you employ will be a thief. When you sack the thief, Jaguda will enter. When you sack Jaguda, Oyoshi will come. Bara will right after. You wonder what? Who is doing this to me? That's what you'll be asking. Who's doing this to me? God will say, No, you did it to yourself. While you were working for federal government for 30 years, economic saboteurs. I'm talking about Agape. Remember love? If you don't love the place where you work, just walk away from there. Just leave them. And what does it mean? It doesn't mean like, eh, oh, I'm just hugging my department. I'm not saying you hug anybody. I'm just saying when you are leaving, when you see that these cobwebs, nobody's clearing them. Call the cleaners, please. Let's move these cobwebs. If they don't do it, it's not hard. Don't you remove cobwebs in your own house? Remove the cobwebs. You enter the place. They sell things there. As you're approaching, it's not clean. Why do you want customers? How will customers enter your establishment? Clean it first and go and report to who is in charge. Please, the way we are doing this, our uh, the frontage, our facade, is not good. We need to improve it. You know, have thoughts in your mind on how to improve. Not your customer. The customer comes to your company. You are there at the reception. Tell the customer, ah, I can get it for you cheaper. The way God will punish you, you wouldn't believe it. They are selling it in the office there. Now it's part of them. 
this thing, I can get it for you cheaper. And the person will lean, hey, by the way, by the way, hey, if you are the customer, once the person leans over and say, says, I can get it for you cheaper, and they are selling his company, just call the ogre and report him. No, it's, it's, it's godly. Some people can't do it, but I wish you could. Do it. I like my wife. My wife will do that. Just walk to the manager. Manager, your, second, your receptionist said he says it's in cheaper outside. Is it true? <laughs> you don't know my wife. She will do that one. She, anyway, she won't do that one first. She, it's you that she'll first catch. When she gives you, give you the lecture of your life, eh? if you will repent, no need for her to talk to your manager. She will say, and you work here. You want to get it from me somewhere else. She will, by the time she's done with both instructing your righteousness and abusing you combined, and you can't raise your voice because you're in the office. If you answer back, your girl will come out and say, what is the problem? The one she did one day, ah, she went to buy food. She said, my husband, I couldn't, you know, the reason is because she does business, you understand? So she understands the cost of these things. So when you are cheating, somebody who's doing business, it pains her personally. That day she went to buy fuel somewhere around that Otigua. Those girls had found a method by which they dispense fuel without it counting on the meter. There must have been, sometimes these things have like a factory, like a design fault, which is not a design fault where people's heads are correct. Are you getting my point? But because we have evil people, see, there's a way they press the keys. Before the thing starts counting, it has released some fuel. Then they will stop it. They will do it again. My wife just, she, I, I don't think it was her turn yet to buy for that. She was just watching. She just came down from the car, entered the office, knocked. Who's the manager here? Come. Drag the manager out. Say, this, look at these two, these two girls. These are, these are the two of them. <laughs> she said, no, that she couldn't take it. Somebody's paying for these things. Why do you, and they have to pay you a salary at the end of the month. Then your job is to sabotage their work. If you're a Christian, eh, repent now because the next thing I want to say is not good. If you don't repent immediately, the Lord will so punish you. For every time you pray for money, you get more poverty. It's not a curse, so you remember that. What is it? Warning, prophets, thank you. Prophet, that's what prophecies are really. They're giving you opportunities to, get, to pull back, pull back so that you will not come under that judgment. Listen, let's not even, as believers, let's cooperate with federal government. Let's cooperate with the state. Let's not let's stop trying to undermine them. Hmm? Everywhere you walk, be a ble- literal blessing. They say, come to work by 8, get there by 7.45. Do you get my point? Let your heart love them. Do you get my point? Let your heart love them. He said, you're not paying me much. Resign. Leave the place. Say, I'm not working again. Why are you leaving? You're not paying me enough for me to be happy. You can never allow that be the excuse by which you'll be undermining a business. One of our brothers told me something. It pained me because he was a Christian. He met another brother in Dubai. There's a small world, you know that. So you ran into another brother in Dubai. They are both from Nigeria. What are you doing here? Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, me, I'm just I'm changing flights. Okay, I, I'm here. We have a conference. We came for a training. Like a maybe three, one month, three month, three week training, something like that. 
from where? My office. The brother said, your office sent you to Dubai for training? Did you not just tell me a few weeks ago that you are resigning and you are traveling abroad? Now, Kore started. He said, how will you do this? I know that you are leaving this office in the next two months maximum. You are relocating to a foreign country. It's a private business. And this man is spending this amount of money to send you for a training so as to improve the business. You don't have the decency and honesty to tell him, sir, I didn't want to tell you now, but please, I have to give you the reason why I can't go. Just make it look like hey, and I have free money. There's no even Dangote doesn't have free money. And of course, not about whether the money is free or not. It's about your own integrity. You don't do such things because you no know, man flight ticket. The man is blowing nothing less, close to a million around each one of you, because he wants to move his business forward, and you know you are resigning. Go and meet him and say, sir, I didn't want to tell you now, but let me be honest with you. I can't go. Why can't you go? You're one of our good staff. And I know you are. He says, sir, I know, I know. But you are doing this so we can work, right? Sir, before the end of the year, I plan to resign. Please, sir, I don't want to waste your money. I was going to tell you in June, give you two months' notice. But this training is coming up in April. Sir, I may as well tell you now. I'm so sorry. That's how you work. Show people that you are concerned. That's what they call agape, love. It's not about oh, just hugging and feeling. No. So maybe it's your gas bed. They will buy a big card. They contribute money for a present for the man. And you, you carry his money to Dubai. You shouldn't do that. It's more honorable. Don't go for his bed. He doesn't need it. Work hard for him and tell him, say, sir, I can't go for this training. This is my reason. A lot of times God wants to bless people. There are too many things against them. Too many. Ah, God said, how do I handle this one? Say so the voices of accusation rising up against the individual is plenty. You know how to shut down, you know how you shut down those voices? Repentance and confession of sin. Lord, I'm sorry. God is very gracious. Very, very look, He forgives sin. He forgives sin, forgives iniquity. The Lord is good. We keep on dropping all these small, small things to help people of God. Now, when God wants a judge, on, <laughs> why is country not good? Some people are thinking that this boring man, God say, he's more righteous than many, many of these are Christian brethren. Yeah, I told you that day. <laughs> now, Apostle, we'll preach this prayer preach today. Well, let's just talk. Let's help ourselves. It's important. You know, something I know about southern, southern Nigeria. Hmm? They feel very righteous. Do you know, they believe that if you cut the country in two, they will prosper. The northerners will suffer. Have you ever had, you know that? No, talk the truth now. You, 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 know, they, they, you know they think so. I hope you know it's a lie. I hope you know it's a lie. <laughs> I hope you know it's a very fat lie. Forget my black face. I'm from southern Nigeria, okay? Some of you may think I talk like because he's from Kaduna. I'm not from Kaduna. 
<laughs> you know, sometimes I hear people talk, and I feel sorry for them that you believe a lie. That is, the thing you are believing is a lie. One of my classmates said something, the federal government should get out of the way and let Nigeria develop. And I look at her like, are you all right? Number one, you're opening this your big mouth to say this nonsense. After they give you free medical education, they gave it to you free of charge. They should have given, left the way when you were entering university. People, many times they believe a lie. There's this arrogance I see with Southerners, eh, which I feel so sad about. Do you know, now, I'm giving you this fact. Hmm? If they cut this country the way you are saying they should cut it, the kind of hunger and poverty that will come upon this southern Nigeria for the first 20 years, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. In case you don't know, you have very little arable land. Like I said before, see, let's we're in eastern Nigeria here. All these eastern states of Nigeria fit nicely into Niger state with change. Landmass. Yeah. That is, you pack land, put it there. Niger State alone will swallow the whole of South, five, the five southeastern states. And they will still have changed where to put Akwaibong. <laughs> if you bring Akwaibong, they say, and I shift a number of states, enter here. There will still be space. We're not for all this crisis. We better be praying for this country. We're not for all this crisis and all of that. But no state alone can produce enough beans to tie your roads. That is beans. So just use beans to tie the road. <laughs> they, they can. If, we, if things were better arranged there, would Nigeria, Sokoto will produce, in, between Sokoto and Jigawa and some of they will produce enough wheat that we don't have to import. You know why I'm saying all of these things? I want Christians to get rid of bitterness. In this country, you need every part. Every part needs every part. Well, no, for the people you don't like, can we build houses in Enugu? You want to get an Igbo man to dig your ground? He ain't digging for you. He's not going to dig. Ah, ask Bishop. 11 o'clock, he has to go on break. 2 o'clock, the one way he dig, don't do for the day. Go to construction site. Once you speak Igbo, nobody's hiring. <laughs> See my friend go. I don't want trouble. Honestly, it's about, that is, here, you will not be able to construct buildings where not for these people. Some people that you, don't, you think you don't like. Everybody has a good side and a bad side. That's the point I'm trying to make. Please, throw away this arrogance. I see it a lot. It's not necessary. I'm talking about bitterness. That's what I'm trying to address. We give Satan, you know, the opportunity. We just we get up. We believe things are not true. He said, just praying on this. I looked at Like, there was a time when you were talking about developing um, oil in some parts of the north. If you see the comment, they want to you take our money to go and... I said, which one is your money? So what, that's why when they're doing offshore, onshore dichotomy. Everybody said, no, this offshore, now all of us get up. Because by international law. See, I just, what, I, what I'm preaching there, everybody, get rid of bitterness. You understand my point? Get rid of anger. Be full of what? Thanksgiving. Be full of thanksgiving. Be full of thanksgiving. No, there's no this vexation is not necessary. Be full of thanksgiving. 
Nobody is the reason why anybody is down. Nobody, nobody is the reason why anybody is down. Nobody. The power belongs to God. Bear that in mind. If you please the Lord, He will bless you anytime. So what you need to do is arrange your, your ways in such a manner that you'll be pleasing to Him. The Lord is good. Let's try and get to the message. You know these small, small things are just taking up the whole. You know I have a new rule. What's that new rule? I will praise my message. So that be just tell pastor enough, enough. Your message, your message. But I know some of you don't even want the message. It's all these small, small things you want. <laughs> the Lord is good. When you live here today, many of you go and do agape love for somebody. Have you ever had neighbors that you are just angry you live near them? You know those kind of neighbors? Go and do agape love for them. You know what God said to Israel, talking about agape love? He said, if you see your, your enemies, don't. <laughs> you see the animal going astray. Say, you catch the animal. Don't talk to your neighbor. Just tie it and go. That's what they call agape love. God didn't say, go and hug your neighbor. They just say that when you see things are bad, eh? help the individual. Don't park your car. I've gotten there again. Those of you who stay where there are six flats in one compound. New heaven. Actually, out. Those parts of Enugu, where they've said that nobody in this car should have more than one car. In this compound, should have more than one car. That, you know, I was telling your daddy, when you start praying some prayers, God said, no, don't pray that prayer here. Because if I give you three cars here, where do you want to park it? Now go and park it on the street. Some boys, all they do this is go around removing anything, catalytic converter, mirror. Ah! How they open the bonnet to remove the battery? You know, some people are possessed. The evil spirit of stealing. You know, God gives word of wisdom. They have the word of evil wisdom. They will know how to open that car and remove your battery. Anyway, anyway, if you live in such areas, when you want to park your car, think of your neighbors. That's all I'm saying. Hmm? I pray that we'll be Christians indeed. You know, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You know, like I said, like, hey, how are you people doing this money? Hey, be dancing. It's not necessary. If they say transformers, but everybody let's contribute money. Be the first to pay. Or in this mass neighborhood, everybody come and bring money to Tower Road. Bring your own out. Pay the money by faith. Don't be dodging. I hope you're getting my point. Don't dodge. Pay. That's, that's what real Christians do. Clean the front of your house. If every neighbor has cleaned their own, don't be the only reason why the street is dirty. I hope I'm clear. I, I just, I, Apostle, I can't seem to leave this thing alone. People will be praying and praying. They are not obeying God. And you want answer to prayer. If you were God, will you answer you? People are disobeying everything they do on a daily basis. God is struggling every day to bless them. He doesn't know how to. That's what I'm saying. Psalm 51. Let's get into the message for today. Well, I've spoken enough. Yes, I think. I was going to say I feel free. I don't feel free yet. Let me just go to Psalm 51. Everybody say after me. Bitterness. Out of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say anger. 
out of my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Say agape love in fullness. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Say it loud. I walk in love. I walk in forgiveness. I walk in love. And I walk in forgiveness. No bitterness will abide in me. No root of bitterness will stay in me. Bitterness will not spring up out of my life. And I will never be troubled. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, if you obey this, I'm saying, you know, pharmaceutical companies will almost go bankrupt. If enough people, you know, all this high blood pressure, high blood pressure, uh, what else? All these uh, diabetes, uh, all those problems people have, a lot of it is bitterness. I'm telling you the truth. If they say your blood pressure is high, go and, go, and, go and kneel down and say, God, who am I angry with? Sometimes, Buario, don't think it has to be your neighbor. Sometimes, the head of state, I'm telling you the truth. Just angry with the government. Get rid of bitterness. There's healing for somebody listening to me. There's healing for somebody listening to me. See, Satan needs to hold something. He said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Satan has, he needs to have something to hold. If he has nothing to hold, he can't stay. Do you know, poverty is also a spirit. Yes. Do you know, some, some people are struggling every day. This is your struggle won't go anywhere. Why? The spirit of poverty has something to hold. God helping me, picking up from what we want to talk about today, all right? I, I, I believe that freedom is coming for a lot of people. Yes, freedom. You know, Spiritual things have order. They have order. A lot of times people go to pray, alright? There's no way God can answer the prayer. He wants to. In fact, indeed, he has answered, spiritually speaking. But he said the road is not clear. I hope you get my point. He said the road is not clear. So in prayer you must pray. Say, Lord, what is the obstruction on my path? A lot of times Christians are praying day and night. Oh, let me say this to you. Anywhere you go, they are doing is pray, pray. There's no instruction. Just know all of you are wasting your time. Let's begin to pray. You will say that they are. You know, begin to pray. You are wasting time. Prayer must be founded on instruction. You must know the word of God so you know the right words to utter in prayer. There was a time God, Moses went to God. He began to pray. God looked at Moses and said, no. There's no time to talk to me. We solved this matter long ago. He said, why are you crying to me? What's that in your hand? You rod. You go ahead and divide the sea. I've given you all the authority. So Moses said, okay, is that so? Okay. Um, what do I do? Okay, see. Divide. He put up his hand like this. The sea began to part. Ah, he kept his hand up. He kept the hand up. He kept the hand up. He saw the wind come. Bam, bam, beating against the water. Ah, Moses tried to pull back. Ah, no, 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 no. The, the water began to collapse. He said, no, no, no. You can't live there. So he lifted the rod again over the water. Where I'm going is that he had come to pray. 
But God said, no, it's not time to pray. The time to pray has passed. I have answered the prayer. Now, there is an instruction for you to carry out now. I hope you're getting my point. So Moses now carried that one out. He took the rod and divided the sea. Where I'm going is that sometimes you are just preoccupied with pray, 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 pray alone. And there is no instruction on how to pray. We don't get the right results. We don't. Many times we have prayed about something like, that's what we talked talk about the other time, that when there's delay sometimes, God is, it needs, he's using time, let me use that word, between us and him, we are using time to rearrange things. Like I said, he couldn't give Isaac before the time he did, otherwise Isaac would die. He gave Isaac at the right time, knowing that now Sarah and Abraham, they can hold Isaac. And that their faith is on a particular level. When that, when we, if we continue the training like this, we will get to a particular point. They will be able to fulfill the release of Isaac in sacrifice. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. That is, there is no prayer except there's instruction. Why? You have to know what you are praying about at certain times. Many times we go and pray. If you have been coming here for a long time, you, they are, they are. Whether it's Pastor Kumite leading prayer or anybody else, there are certain things you don't hear. You don't hear any power fighting our destiny, die by fire. You have never heard it. Any witch that's waiting for us on the road, you've never heard it. The spirits that hold somebody's destiny, all those big big that said that that give somebody to eat. <laughs> Some of you are here, you are eating something. Enemy has given you something. Today you will vomit it. You have never heard it. Yes, you don't hear such things because I'm sorry to say they are based on ignorance. There's nothing an enemy wants to give me to eat that can do anything in my life. The word of the Lord Jesus Christ is that if I eat it, I will go to the toilet. And that's the end of it. Like I said earlier, I have come to understand that how does the enemy get getting an inroad into our lives? Things like sin. Today we talked about what? Bitterness. So I want to pray. Those are the things we hold, you know, we handle in prayer. Breaking the hold of those things that Satan will, you know, will hold on to. That is why, listen, some people go to, they say they, they, say they do prayer ministry. I've heard some of those prayer ministries that say, no, there's no prayer ministry that is not, that's not an instruction ministry. No, it has to be, first of all, be instruction. You have to have instruction because spiritual things have an order. There are things that are not yours to control. Then when we try to control it, like I said, this last political season, I saw churches wasting time. One of our sisters was in our church. She stood up and said, let us pray that the will of God will be done. The, the wife of the pastor told her never to say that kind of thing in that church again. That we know what the, who the will of God is. So she'll go back next time and pray that this person will win the election. And the person is looking like, ah, haba, mama. That's not the way it is. So. Spiritual things have an order. That's what I'm going to make. So it's only after we have heard instructions again and again. And many of the things that we are praying for in life, God says, let's talk about prosperity as an example. Now he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So sometimes we come to pray. God says, hey, this money you have been asking me for is enough. 
Now, next time you come to pray, say, Lord, I have skill. Give me the wisdom to use it to bless people. Focus on that. Focus on that. Every time you come to pray, now what I want to hear from you, that this skill I have given you, how will I use it to be a blessing to somebody? Because I want you to actually ask me, lead me to where my life will count. Lead me to where I will learn. Because I don't want to hear you talk about money again. We can't, you can't be praying about money every day. Ah, Jesus said that these are the things that Gentiles seek. He said, you seek first the kingdom of God. So you say, God, how exactly? I said at the beginning, there are two ways to seek God's kingdom, right? One in our personal lives and what? Around us. There are times you pray and say, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do around me that will constitute the seeking of the kingdom? These are important prayers that Christians pray. David said, the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. What's the next line? Give me understanding and I shall live. There are those who are praying, Lord, give me peace, give me peace. Maybe in the house, God say, hey, wait, come, come. I need to give you peace in your mouth. If I give you peace in your mouth, the one in your house will come automatically. I hope you get what I'm saying. That's why we need instruction every time that we come to pray. We need it. We need it. But where I wanted to start today from, okay, can I start now? I've been trying to start for a while. I don't know what is going on. I, I, you know what? I know I'm ministering to some people. Okay? So different people just be picking your own. Okay? Now, let me see whether I can start now. All right? Psalm 51. Okay? I really want to read it, but I need to say this before I read it. Some of you are feeling sorry for me. The others are laughing at me. The Lord is good. I really need to say this before I read it. Now remember, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. What's the next line? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Now we've talked about praying in accordance with the will of God again and again. One thing I want to explain to believers, okay, to start this, okay, is that you don't have a choice. There's no other way around this thing but interacting with the word of God. Now, you see where I'm going. Now, prayer can be initiated different ways. You can initiate prayer from outside, or you initiate, and the right thing you're supposed to do is initiate prayer from the word of God, which is inside. What I mean is this. You can go outside. Maybe, you, okay, let's take outside being your friends or you go home. And somebody tells you that at this age, you should have done this. Maybe your mother. Maybe you're an uncle of yours. And when they finish telling you that, you come back home and you say, hey, at this age, I haven't done this. I've not accomplished this. I've not gotten married. I have not built a house. I've not started my own business. I'm still working for somebody. It's time to resign and go and build my own company, whatever it is. Now, you now get on your knees and start praying. That is prayer generated from outside. You want to know the truth? It can never be prayed according to the will of God. It's not possible. Why? The foundation is not the will of God. The foundation is human ideas. The foundation is environmental influence. So, imagine Christians go to the Lord and kneel down. Abba, God, help us, Father. Abba, Father, give us clothes. Give us clothes. Father says, why? Because we are naked. We are... What's the next question? 
Who told you you are naked? Are you see what I'm saying? So Adam and Eve, they are there praying. God, give us clothes. Give us clothes. And God says, why? He said, because we are naked. And he's saying, but who told you you are naked? What does that tell you? Their prayer point was initiated. What's the next thing he said? Have you heard? Have you eaten? So the interactions they've been having, where they have been eating, and who has been speaking to them, gave them a prayer point. I want to know the truth. Many Christians, that's what is making them pray these days. They've read newspapers that told them this country is not going anywhere. They've told them that by the end of next year, <laughs> for President Buhari, some newspapers, let me not mention their names, most of them anyway. All they have been doing is showing you the price of dollar when he came in, price of dollar when he's leaving. Poverty rates when he came in, what is it when he's, I, I like it for saying that. You will not be able to tell us what the price will have been if it, was, if it didn't come in. And if you cannot tell us that one, just be silent. But they keep on projecting, 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 telling you that. You know what it means? <laughs> hey, in another five years, in fact, you are dead. Your money will be worth nothing. So a lot of people are praying based on guardian, this day, son, punch, you know, vanguard. And anytime they go to pray, God will just tell um, uh, Gabriel, Michael, close that window. I don't want to hear. He said, they said, Lord, why? He said, because punch is praying. <laughs> Vanguard is praying. The guardian is praying. The son is praying. My children are not praying. The prayer cannot be in line with the will of God. Any decision you make and you turn to pray out of fear of what tomorrow holds, and it's not like you have come to give the fear to the Lord. It's a waste of his time. How do you stimulate prayer from inside? That's the thing I want to bring out. You know how you do that? It is simple. Read the scriptures all the time. And start noting, because you know what our lives are supposed to be? We are supposed to be the embodiment of the will of God. I hope you get my point. There's a rule in scripture. It's a spiritual thing. It said the word became flesh and did what? Dwelt amongst us. So what does it mean? Anything that God has spoken is supposed to become flesh and dwell on the earth. So Jesus was the word become flesh. Now, we said it before. When God made Adam, it was an empty case, so to speak, into which God was now to bring forth his will. So this is what happens. Everything that God plans for your life is recorded in scripture. I hope you're getting my point. Everything. Now, what do you do with prayer? You use prayer to bring what is written in scripture into experience in life. So, there are two sides to it. There is a moral side. So, if God says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, and it tells you that, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Are you you seeing that? Which means that the heavenly father forgives. So, you too must do what? Must forgive. So, if you find that you are not forgiving, if forgiveness is not part of your life, then the assignment you have is to go and pray until you can forgive like your heavenly father is forgiven. I hope you're getting my point. Anything, they said, look, that because God is holy, you are to walk in holiness also. I hope you're getting my point. He tells you that this this is the will of God concerning you, talking about holiness now, which is what? Sanctification. 
that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now listen, there is nothing that God commands that's natural. So you see, the, hey, everybody clap for the Catholic Church. Don't clap loud, but just clap in your heart. Finally, the Pope announced that they will never bless same-sex union. It's not official. See, all that fight, fight, fight is over now. The Catholic Church has released a statement concerning it. They say, lie, lie. That is against the order of God. So man should never marry man near the Catholic Church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you've not seen it? Oh, it, it, it's been... Just by the way, I know they must have pressed this Pope by force. That man, I don't trust him at all, but you know. <laughs> but the Spirit of God went above him. Overshadowed everybody. God just wanted to say, I don't, you don't want yourself there. Now, it's not the official statement of the church. They said they will never. What's their reason? It says against the order of God. That's the reason they gave. They said this is against divine order. Now, where I'm going is that there are so many things people do naturally. Okay? And God now commands against those things. Do you get my point? Why? Because his will must come to pass in your life. I'll give you an example. Do you know, I've thought seriously about it. You know monogamy? You know they call monogamy? You know they call monogamy? What's monogamy? One woman, one wife? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, one husband, one wife, one man, one woman. All right, good. So that's what monogamy is. Now, I want you to understand something. It is not natural. It's not natural. It's not natural. And Solomon said it. Say, so what is the pleasure of all men? Many concubines. That is natural. A natural man, when the Bible says a deacon should be a man of, a husband of one wife. That's not what the Greeks said. The Greeks said a man of one woman. What it means that those days, they didn't really have polygamy in that area. But they had men with men, they would have one wife, but many women. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So that's why a poor had to Say clearly, a deacon must be a man of one woman. So the will of God, I'm using that monogamy as an example. And monogamy is not just the opposite for, for Christians. It's not just the opposite of polygamy. Polygamy is having more than one wife, right? But there's monogamy that's adulterated with many other women. He didn't marry them. He has concubines. The man has concubines. As far as Christianity is concerned, it's all adultery. You like call it concubine. We don't believe in that. Why? It's simple. Because in the beginning, it was not so. He that made them, made them male and female. For this cause shall a man be joined, shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And the two, he emphasized the two of them. Now, the point I'm making it will become one flesh. The point I'm making that this is divine order. But it's not natural. So what people do naturally... It's not all, in fact, it's really what God commands. So what God does is that he brings forth his commandment and says, these are my instructions, this is my commandment. This is how I made it to be. Now, if you look at your life, are you following my point? And you see that what God said is different from your experience. That thing, when it comes to the moral side, is called sin. What did I say? It's called sin. When it comes to the moral side, it's called what? Sin. Now, I want to just really invent something. When it comes to the material side, it's called lack. For example, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you're always wanting, it's not the will of God. Do you get what I'm saying? 
No, now it's, it's a simple thing. If God says, man, marry one wife. You marry one wife and you're, your eyes are doing like this up and down. It's a sin. It's a moral sight against what God ordained. But if God says also, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore you should not lack. If you find lack, it's still a problem. Both of them are tackled with what? Prayer. Because what we do in prayer is that your will be done as it is written in heaven. But when it's a moral will, we bring it in as a confession of what? Sin. You see where I'm going? A Christian is supposed to build his whole life on what? The word of God. Every single aspect. Every single aspect. Let me give an example. God help me in recent times. Have you, no, what I want to say will sound funny. You say, husband and wife, we should communicate. Have you heard that thing before? Yeah, we used to make a joke of it. I called them Nokia communicator. People communicate, communicate. Communication is good, though. I'll begin my point. But there's one thing I found out that the Bible also com- co- commands, which is what? Overlook. It's not everything you communicate. Something you just overlook it. It's hard. But you must learn it. So I've learned it to be overlooking. My wife looking at me and like, you, do you overlook? I overlook a lot. You just wouldn't know. Because part of being able to overlook is for you not to even notice I'm overlooking. <laughs> if I overlook and I tell you I'm overlooking, I'm not overlooking enough. <laughs> the Lord is good. Please, I don't know whether you're following me. So you see, there's a kind of moral lifestyle God wants us to live. Anytime we are short of it, it is sin. Now, but you will not know what you are short of except you are always reading the scriptures. Do you know many of the things we think are normal? God says they are are iniquity. I gave you an example earlier. This is my neighbor. He's a troublesome person. I don't want his wahala. Okay, fine. It's okay. But God says, whether I want his trouble, I don't want his trouble, I must do what? I must walk in love towards him. So if tomorrow if I see a problem that he's having, I must go out of my way to solve it for them. Do you follow my point? Now, even when I don't feel like, like now I found out that the Bible says that never curse a deaf man. Do you understand what I'm saying? What does that mean? You are never allowed to take advantage of anybody's disability. Even ignorance. You can't take advantage of somebody's ignorance. You educate the, no, are you getting my point? The will of God. I found out that I can't, he said, a man who, who, who does what? Who scams his neighbor and say I was joking. Yeah, that is, it's like, a, as far as God is concerned, he's a madman. You deceive your neighbor and say it's April fool. Because you are, which word am I looking? You, okay, you are the April fool, actually. You are the fool. Okay, that's a good way to put this now. Yeah, you know what they call April fool? I tell you, I say April fool. God says, me that played that joke on you, I'm the fool. It's not you that I played it on. Me that played it, I am the fool. So what am I going to say here? So anytime I'm reading the word of God, eh, it's describing what I am supposed to be for me. Every time I'm reading the scriptures, it is describing for me what I am supposed to be. He will tell you that he that has control over his um, spirit, give me the full thing. That's the second part. What's the first part? Is that the first part I'm trying to remember you? That's the second part. Something better than the mighty. It, uh, yes, I'm just trying to get the scripture right. Anyway, but basically, anyone that can control his anger 
is better than a strong man. The one that takes a city is one that's a general, commanding general, who knows strategies of war and can win a battle. He said, but if he cannot control his anger, he's inferior to the person who cannot win a battle but can control his anger. I hope you're getting my point. So I realized, therefore, that God expects me as a child of God to control my anger. So if I'm always playing up in anger, I'm not working according to what? The will of God. Now, are you seeing how interacting with scripture is giving me what? Prayer points. The world gives us prayer points. They go to Psalm 127 and say, children are a problem from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is headache. And Christ is the one who has a quiver full of them. Have you seen that before? It's all over the place. It's all over the place. But one day I read my scriptures and I found that the Bible actually says that children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward. And it's a blessing to have a quiver full of them. So if I have many children, I will never say with my mouth, what are they going to eat? I will invoke that scripture and say, Lord, let it be done to me as you have commanded. Are you seeing what prayer is? One day I was reading my Bible. I got to Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12 and it jumped out of the paper into my face. And he said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You know what that means? I went to God and said, Lord, this is your word. Fulfill it in my life. I'm not competing with Dangote. It's what I read in scriptures. Do you get what I'm going to say here? So that's why I said that if it's material and I find myself, let's take it by healing as an example. Please, I need to say this before I close. Eh? Don't let anybody, as I was driving here, that thing hit me at around that junction. See, unbelief is different from lack of faith. You say, you invented that. Listen to me carefully. Unbelief is different from lack of faith. Lack of faith is that you don't have faith yet. Unbelief is that you won't have it. What do I mean? If you don't know something, you don't know it. But what is unbelief? They give you the opposite to hold on to. So some churches will get up and teach that the age of miracles is gone. You know what they have done? They have filled the air with unbelief. Nobody who listens to that will ever receive any miracle from God. Not because he's angry, but you cripple the hand of God. See, you may not have received the miracle yet. I'll be getting my point. But never believe a lie. Unbelief sits on faith. Faith must not arise. But lack of faith is that faith is not there yet. I hope you're getting my point. So faith will grow. But unbelief is not lack of faith. Unbelief is believing the opposite of faith. For somebody to come and give you an excuse that God doesn't work miracles anymore. You may not have experienced the miracle, but God still does. So what you do is that you leave the window open. Because one day, faith will grow to the level where the miracle can occur. I hope you're getting my point. So, I'm reading my scriptures. So I get to Isaiah chapter 53. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases, by his stress I have been healed. And he said, no inhabitants of the land will say they are sick. And I hear all of those things. Meanwhile, I'm sick. Meanwhile, I'm not feeling well. Meanwhile, things are not perfectly, perfect with me. Someone that said, the age of miracles, but it's not past. I have found from scripture that the perfect will of God is complete health from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. So it becomes what? My prayer point. Listen to me. I did not start the desire. The word of God started it. And what, what did Jesus say? 
if you pray, no, John was saying, if you pray according to that will, he will hear. And when he hears, he will grant. And because you know that, you can receive it by faith. I hope you're getting my point. It's so important that Christians, eh, the Bible should be your companion. Read every day to know what moral life God expects of you and what material life he expects of you. For example, I'm reading my Bible and I discover that old age is not supposed to be a disease. I hope you're getting my point. For that reason, do you know what? I have never give illness as an essay. Say, yeah, you know I'm not your age anymore. No. My, children, my grandchildren should know that two of us will run up the steps if we are here. And we will run up the steps together. I will never give age as an excuse. Say, you children, don't kill me. You know I'm old now. God, please. Because if I say that, it will be a sin. If I'm 80 years old and I can't run up the steps, God says, go and kneel down bank and confess your sins. You have sinned against me. Because you can't run? Yes. Either because iniquity weakened your strength, or you have neglected to activate the word of God to strengthen your bones as you are growing old. Both of them displeasing to me. That's what the law says. So as I'm growing, I'm not making any excuses. You know, when you are getting older now, you'll be having problems. Any problem where I see, I pray about it and I knock it off. Any problem, I will pray about it. It's pray. See, it doesn't... Now, please. Even though you have not gotten it 100%, like I said, that is what? Insufficient faith. But at least get rid of what? Unbelief. What is unbelief? You find an excuse to say it, it doesn't happen anymore. Look for anything to... Look, I've, I've watched TV before, and I saw 80-something-year-old men running marathon. That is the will of God. So that's what I, I, I saw one woman the other day. Two of them. Fitness instructors. Both of them. One is 70-something, one 80-something. The one that's about 80, she... Do you get my point? She, you know what they call gyms? She carries weight. Bam, bam, bam. Bench press. 80-year-old woman. You now see one 60-year-old man. Then he I beg God, I don't want to die. Don't break my bone. You know people like me are old at 60. And you're a man. You're supposed to have more muscles and better bone density than an average woman. Now an 80-year-old woman is doing what you can't do at 60 and you're not ashamed of yourself. What are you supposed to do? Take that scripture and make it what? Your prayer point. Now, next point. It doesn't happen automatically. You fight for it. God has given you the land of the of Sihon. Then begin to do what? Contend with him in battle. You begin to contend with him in battle. Say, Lord, what am I to do? What am Because sometimes God will say, there are adjustments to make as years pass to activate this word in your life. There are lifestyles. Like now, people are saying, you know, they were telling you, save for retirement, save for retirement. God said, better be praying to me that I open doors for you after federal government say you have worked enough for them. I don't want to ever hear that, you know, you know, you know, you know women will not turn themselves to Omogua um, um, masters. I said, that's the only thing you are good for. Go and ask Miriki. When she started Miriki Cosmetics, she, has reti- she had retired. She has retired. You hear what I said? She had what? Retired when she started Mary Kay Cosmetics. The man that started McDonald's, he too, he had retired when he opened the McDonald's chain. 
I remember Paul Odutola in his days. I saw him when he was 90 years old. He was discussing the new levels of business they are about to go into. Listen, some of these things here, not some. All of them, you form the truth in your heart from the time you are young. By the time you are 40, you let yourself know, say, look, my name is Caleb. In fact, many of us should go and take Caleb as a middle name just to remind ourselves of truth. Say, what is your name? Say, my name is Banky, Caleb, Olushina. Say, why are you Caleb? So I will not forget what my strength was at the age of 40. Because I will need it at the age of 85. You want to know the truth? There is no, it's not, okay, go to the gym regularly. No. It's go to the world regularly. Remind yourself regularly. The Bible says that this also I will let the sons of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Any promise you have seen like that, you ask the Lord to confirm it in your life. So you go to prayer and say, Lord, I thank you because I read the scriptures that my life is like that of Caleb. So fulfill that word in my life as it is written. Mark the righteous man. When they are old, they will still be full of sap. Lord, I bring that word to you. Fulfill it in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot force it upon yourself. Only God can impart it upon you because of the faith with which you came to him. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, you, we have to build a life. That's the aim. I want us to understand something. Alright? That this is the purpose of our lives. That everything we did in scripture, we use prayer to best it in our lives. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, we are, that's, I just want to summarize it. If we find a moral standard that we are living below, that is called sin. Maybe I'll discuss that next time. I bring sin to God also in prayer. And that's what the Bible calls confession. If we shall confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You are getting what I'm saying here? That is what they call sin. That is the purpose of confession. Confession is to fulfill one aspect of the will of God in your life. That's the perfection of the sins. The forming of the fullness of the image of Christ in your life. That's what confession is. So anytime you see your life inferior to something that God wrote that Christians should be, He says, which one amongst you loves long life? Like I was saying earlier, there are things that, you know, there are spiritual principles that tie things together. Long life is not just something you pray for. You pray for it, but next, God corrects you concerning it. He says, if you long, long, long life, what do you do? You keep your mouth from speaking deceit or lies. There are times you start telling lies. You find yourself telling lies. There are different reasons people tell lies. And lying is also a spirit. There's a lying spirit. You know that? So when that spirit is found inside the child of God, he gets on his knees again and says, God, no, you said I must keep my mouth from telling lies. This is a moral standard I found in scripture, not what the world told me. See, some people, you know the problem they have, why God can't help them? Somebody told them outside that to do business successfully, you need to be honest in your dealing with your customers. So they bring, you know what? Motivates them. The desires for what? Successful business. Profit. So they come to God. Lord, let me be honest in dealing with my customers. And God is looking at them like this. He can't answer. Because the motivation is not from inside the world. It's from outside in the world. It is still the desire for profit that is pushing the individual. But if you have read the scriptures and say, no, lying should not be found in your mouth. Why? Because you have put away the old man. And you are being renewed into that likeness of Christ Jesus. Then that, uh, nope, you are, you are, you are not, in fact, you are very succeeded in business. 
So you're not trying to succeed. But just find the scripture that, no, 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 no. This is not the will of God concerning me. Then you get to God in prayer and say, Lord, if I shall confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from, from all unrighteousness. Lying will disappear. Do you get my point? This is the summary of all I'm going to say to us believers today. All right? The scriptures were given to us. The word of God was given to us to ignite our prayer life. Was given to us to give us prayer points. And you cannot pray in line with the will of God unless your heart is filled with the word of God. You can't. Every other thing is what? Struggle. You can't. The aim of our prayer life is to make the will of God done in our lives. And like I said, there are two sides to it. Let's, let me put it, use another way, a word. There's the moral side and there's what? The provision side. Both of them are commanded. God wants you to have abundance. Amen? Not because of the world. I said, you know, sometimes we just about what is going on in life. You know? When they say our Nigerian sister is winning uh, Guinness Book of World Records, see? He said, it's good, it's good. I said, if it is for the purpose of the world record, it is called vain glory. I know many of you don't like what I've said. Chuck is like, Pastor, you have come again. So I don't know why you come to listen to me. So all the confusions in your life, God can use me to remove them. If it's for the purpose of the record, it's pure vain glory. Let's get ourselves straight. You are the people of God that will tell you the truth. Before you start getting involved in the word is sending you up and down, give you prayer points. That's what I'm going to say. The word is not allowed to give you a prayer point. The word is not allowed to motivate you. Please, I hope what I'm saying is clear to you. They are, they are not allowed. I thank God for the person. I thank God. Like I told you, Son Olu has a... He's a Guinness Book of Record record. His own is that he got the biggest cupcake something. I don't know. Yeah, he's there. They gave him a certificate. Seriously, I'm not joking. One boy in Ondo State has the one for jumping on one leg. Yeah, this people think I'm joking. He's, he's there. His own record is that I jumped on one leg rapidly for... Skipping, yes. Skipping on one leg... Quickly, in one minute. Who can do the quickest keep on one foot in one minute? He's in the record. Okay, Muti is going to get the one for praying the longest, growing the longest without casting out witches and wizards. The point I'm just making is that don't let the world motivate you. Interact with scripture until it gives you prayer points on a daily basis. One thing about the word of God you'll understand is that two of us can read the same thing. It ignites truth in two totally different areas. As a preacher, I will see something, I get on my knees, I start praying. You're a businessman, you see the same thing, you get on your knees, you're praying about something else. What you are, I mean, I'm seeing ministry, I'm seeing streaming, I'm seeing, you are seeing refinery, you are seeing schools, you are seeing hospitals, you are seeing farms, you are seeing different things. You know the truth? When the word of God is what motivates you, you can never get it wrong. You will pray for something that appears like material of the world. It will come to pass. You will say to the Lord, I need a billion dollars. Over the next one, two years, you have a billion dollars. I will see the same thing. Pray the same prayer using the same scripture. What I will get is 25 extra radio stations to broadcast. The same word. But prayer point motivated from scripture. Not from outside. I hope I've said something today. But because I must preach my message, I will just read the scripture so that we'll have where. It's not my fault, eh? Just have mercy on me. 
Quickly, let's read Psalm 51. Are you there? It said, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgression. Transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Please, these prayers are important even for a believer. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. He said, do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And sustain me with a willing heart. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. For time's sake, I'm going to stop reading here. Alright, next time we may read further than that. Because it's said in verse 17, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. We'll, just, we'll, we'll read it again next time. What I just want to bring out is that Christians, there's a part of prayer that is called confession of sin. I've given a foundation for it today. It's not about sin consciousness, going around trying to say, hey, did I kill an ant? Oh, like they say, you know, turn your, your foot to one side. Don't kill that ant because it's a creature of God. Listen, my friend, when I walk, I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. You are getting what I'm saying? It's not about having this... Um, Guilt consciousness as I walk about. The confession of sin for the Christian is that that is the way by which Christ-likeness is perfected in us. And it only, is only ignited by the entrance of the word. Let me say this to you. If you have ever sinned in your life and it's very, very terrible, hmm? there's no sin that's big in the eyes of God more than the one in which they correct you don't listen to correction. The biggest sin in the eyes of God is stubbornness. What did I say? That is the one he killed Saul for. That I corrected you, you did not listen. As for any other sin anybody may have done, there's a reason why God is called God. His forgiveness is plenty. Oh, it's very plenty. Oh, it is very plenty. People have done grievous things, God forgive them. But one thing he cannot forgive is that Samuel comes to Saul and says, you have not done what the Lord commanded. And Saul says, Samuel, that's the problem I have with old school people. They are too rigid. Everything with them is rigid. What do you mean? And you start arguing. That is the day your kingdom will go away. Let's bow our heads. We'll develop this one next time. Say, Lord, thank you for your instruction today. Say, Lord, thank you for your instruction today. As I was speaking, at least two things came to your heart. Quickly pray about them. Lord, this is your promise I find in your word. It's not in my life. Bring it to pass, I ask you in the name of Jesus. This is standard of morality I find in your word. It's not in my life. Have mercy upon me and bring me up to that level I ask of you in the name of Jesus. Simple prayer. Two prayer points.